You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground with new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to set him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon 5 with all new episodes. And so begins. There is a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here. It's exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why don't you eliminate the entire non-home race? Oh, why don't we Reaching out of the stuff. Who are you? President Clark has signed a decree today declaring martial law. These orders have forced us to declare independence. That's why people get off their encounter-suited butts and do something. You are the one who wants to Zahadu who will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Giants in the playground. Get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very, very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibaldi. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. Whether written, called. Shut up. Obviously haven't improved your manners. And welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 5, Episode 2 The Very Long Night of Londo Malari. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis Londo suffers a heart attack and falls into a surreal dream where he must face his greatest fear in order to survive. Lanier decides to leave Delenn's service and return to Mimbar. Hmm. Written by JMS and directed by David J. Eagle, this episode was released on January the 28th, 1998, and takes place from January the 20th to ja- January the 21st, 2262. And our guest stars, Ross Kettle as Ruel, Akiko Morrison as Medtech, and we have a couple of people in archive footage, which is William Forward as Lord Reefer and Wortham Krimmer as Emperor Cartagia. So, guys, what did we think of this episode? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't really decided. <laughs> it was that bad. No, I don't know if it was bad. Just I don't know if this? it was good. Um, yeah, it was... It didn't have Byron, so it was all right. <laughs> yeah. You can't complain that an episode without Byron. <laughs> we don't want Byron, he's rubbish. You don't want Byron, he's rubbish. Okay, we'll take him out. This episode's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's the Sleepy Londo episode. Hmm. That, that's what I call it. Uh, yeah, it, it was like, do we... Uh... What are we going to do with Londo? Like, uh, are we are we going to redeem him? 
because he's been like the mass murderer of the last few seasons. Uh, you know, the Len's going to miss him if he dies. So I guess that means we're going to miss him too because she's the heart of the show. I don't, I don't know what to think, guys. You tell me. How do I Dan, feel about this? Dan, enlighten the man. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, based on what we were saying last week, where we said we kind of wanted, uh, you know, the episodic episodes. You were you were mentioning that you wanted, um, you know, the show to kind of pick up where season one was going. And you know, if we're going to reboot, let's give us our, our episodes. So at least we are recapping what Londa Mallory got up to and how important Shakar is. And you know, they are doing that. Unfortunately, they're doing that thing that I really hated in season one, which is the bloody dream episodes. <laughs> it's another thing where we're stuck in someone's head. At least it wasn't that weird A-level drama, black and white, let's be really cryptic for no good reason. At least he was genuinely dealing with all the things and the fact that he didn't say sorry for all of his horrible, horrible things he did for the last four years. Um, so I appreciated that. And I think of all the episodes we've had like this, where we have a character who goes into their own head and has to deal with their life. It's at least Londo Malari. You know, it was a really good chance for Peter Jurassic to, to really like drill down and say, sorry, and, and do all these things with his character. The only problem is it, it's just a, it's just an average episode where someone has a heart attack and it is literally just the synopsis for 45 minutes. Um, you know, there are, again, there's some more uh, naked gun moments where he's like laying on the bed and he's twitching and all this. I was kind of expecting the, the OJ Simpson bit where he's just like flipping up and back and bits. It's Franklin in the foreground describing his symptoms and he's just like convulsing and um I was expecting a little bit more of a laugh. Really liked Veer's line about what's the matter with you people? Someone tried to assassinate the president last week and now he's about to be killed and he's having a heart attack. Why is it always the same with you people? What's wrong with you? I thought it was really good. Um, but yeah, ultimately it is just someone in their brain. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm over these kind of episodes. I just want to get on with the meat and bones. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not all about London Malari. He doesn't slip into the co into mm -hmm. the coma or have the heart attack and, um, until a little while in. Um, mm. So when I when I read the synopsis and watched it, I thought, oh, well, when's it going to happen? Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's sort of at the beginning, but then it, things happen, and then eventually we get to Malari, and then you know, then it happens, but there's still stuff going on outside. I don't like it. This, 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 uh, like you said, they're trying to um, redeem Malari. You can't redeem him. Um, it's too much of a thing. And, and uh, what, what was I going to say then? It was it, it, it. He only says sorry to Jakar. Now I understand that Jakar's there, so he apologizes to him, and he's sincere. That's fair enough. But there's no way he can redeem himself. No. What about all the other? millions and billions of other people that his his actions have, have killed. He doesn't apologize mm -hmm. to them or stand up and say, I hereby apologize. You go out on, on the comms and say, I apologize to every uh, race that, you know, my actions have caused this problem. I suppose they don't really know about it, but, you know, it's not really a good thing that redeems him. If you say, well, I'll tell, I'll, I'll say to Jakar because he knows about it, but everybody else, I'm not going to apologize to them because they don't really know what happened. So, <laughs> yeah, it's almost trying to make uh, Hitler a warm and fuzzy character. Yeah, or Putin or something like that. It it mm -hmm. it doesn't yeah. work, and it and it, it it all they're trying to do is make him a good character again, so they can keep him in the series for this 
for this run. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it's a bit of a yeah, not not a good one, not a good thought. So anyway, let's get on with the review. Uh, Sheridan and Delen have to. Uh, no, I've just read that one. I can't. Delen right. gets a message from Minbar. Oh, that's right, yeah. Sheridan and Delenn have to sleep in Delenn's quarters when she is woken by an incoming message. It's from Ruel, who informs her that they, that inform her that they are trying to find her a replacement and could send one over from each cast. Delenn does not know what Ruel is talking about. He says the message was sent in her name and it's re- a replacement for Linnea. He has made arrangements to return home permanently. Londo is concerned over a shipment of Centauri liquor called Bravari, very old Bravari. It is a delicate drink and must be kept at a constant temperature. But Zach Allen tells him about an infestation, which means there is now a three-day delay on all incoming food. But if the alcohol is kept at room temperature for that amount of time, it will lose its taste. Veer tries to keep the peace with Zach, saying that Malari is about to become the emperor. But behind them, Malari takes a sip of the Bravari and then collapses. And so it begins. The very long night of Londo Malari. Could he be poisoned, do you think? I thought that's where it was going at first. I thought it was a poisoning thing, but then, yeah, it's it's not. It's not. No. Veer thinks he's been poisoned. And security, mm. uh, and security are doing a chemical analysis on the liquor. I thought I'd spell checked all of this and gone through all of this, but I haven't. It looks like this is a very rough version of my spe- of my review, so bear with. <laughs> Dylan uh, has a meeting with Linnea and starts to go through her schedule for today. She asks him when he was going to tell her that he was leaving. He says he was going to tell her after dinner, as he wasn't expecting the request was going to be approved so quickly. She asked him why he was leaving. He says he feels he isn't needed and she doesn't need him here anymore uh, as he has shared as she has Sheridan now and he is and he is her other half and Linnea is in the way. He no longer feels comfortable being there. He asks to join the Rangers and leaves for Mimbar t- tomorrow. With Marcus gone he feels he should replace him and maybe in time he will earn her respect to which she says she has always respected him. But his decision has been made uh, and it is his heart that is calling, and he has to follow it. Garibaldi finds Veer and tells him that Londo is in a bad way. Apparently, he wasn't poisoned. He's had a heart attack. A bad one. Veer asks, which one? Apparently, it's the left. Franklin explains to Sheridan the severity of Londo's condition. He says uh, Centauri have a bipulmonary system. The right heart provides most of the force behind the blood circulation, and the left cleanses the blood, similar to how the human kidney works. He can fix the right heart, but the left heart has a lot of veins in one structure, and it's hard to get through them without damaging them. The heart attack has been due to the stress, anxiety, and pressure Londo has been under. Everything Franklin has tried has failed so far, and Centauri Prime are sending an artificial heart uh, system. But this is not looking good for Londo, who could be dead before the the heart system gets here. Sheridan says to Delenn, it is unusual to see Londo lying on the bed, as he is used to seeing him full of life and arguing with somebody, even when he was annoying. They both say that it w- they would miss him if he was gone. John said he's heard about Linnea and asks if it is because of him, to which Delenn says, partly. 
Delenn says, in running away, the universe will teach Lanier what he needs to know. She wishes Lando good luck. Meanwhile, inside Lando's head, he hears Delenn say good luck and starts looking around to find her. He appears to be in Brown Sector. When he walks into one room, he is told by the occupant, who is sat at the table with a veil over her head, to sit. It is Delenn with some tarot cards. She puts the card onto her plinth with, with a white cloth, and, the, and blood starts to pour out of them. She says, you're dying, Londo, which he knows. She asks him if he wants to live, and he says, what, what difference does it make? And perhaps it is better to die this way. She says he has seen he, he says he has seen his own death twenty years from now, so maybe it would be better to go now. There's no one here who cares about him. She asks him again whether he wants to live, and when he doesn't answer, she says she is not allowed to ask him again. He says yes, he wants to live. But it is not enough, and she turns over the first card, which is covered in blood. He says, if wanting to live is not enough, what more can there be? She says a word but she won't say what the word is. When he asks what place this is, she points to a grid on the floor. Beneath the grid is Londo's beating heart. He says he does not understand, but Delenn says, yes, you do. Veer is consoling himself with a drink at the bar when Linnea turns up. Neither of them could sleep, and Veer has heard about Linnea's situation, and Linnea has heard about Veer's. You couldn't sleep either. No. I heard about your situation. I heard about yours. As Mr. Garibaldi would say, it's been one hell of a day. Yes, a hell of a day. And a hell of a year. A hell of a five years. A hell of a life. You win. That was probably the best part of the episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, really was. I couldn't remember when this scene was in because I, I do remember the scene. And uh, I, I just reading it now, I thought, oh, yes, I remember that it was in this It was in this episode. It was uh, a nice bit of levity. These two guys are on the same level. They're the same type of person. They're here to help their masters who just do not want their help. You know, mm. <laughs> keep ignoring them. They know what's best. Lanier asks what he is drinking. What kind of a drink is that? I'm not sure. The bartender called it a Shirley Temple. Interesting. I've studied many Earth religions, but I don't think I've ever heard of that particular temple. Me neither. But it's real good. Well, then I shall make it a point to visit it on my next trip to Earth. They say their goodbyes and then hug and go their separate ways. You should sleep. I won't be getting much sleep tonight. What time do you leave in the morning? Early. Well, then I'll catch up with you on your next visit. Take care, Lanier. And you, Veer. <laughs> All the following 
is actually in one camera shot, which is reminiscent of the table scene from Poltergeist. Uh, the Zocalo was full of people uh, drinking when Via left and went into the lift. Londo walks past the lift and comes back into the Zocalo, where it is now empty with all the seats tidied up. Mm. One camera shot. People running yeah, around in cool. the background. Very clever. I think that's just earned it another couple of points in my estimation, actually. I'm going to put yeah. it up. There we go. Yeah. I thought it was a good shot. Um, so we're at Londo. So he has a drink with Sheridan and asks him what it's like to be dead. Sheridan says he didn't like it. So tell me, Sheridan, do you ever get used to it? Used to what? Being dead. Yeah. I wasn't dead very long, but well, just long enough to know I didn't like it. You know, I have been dead many times before. Dead to my first wife, the only one I truly loved, a dancer. My family said that I had married beneath my station. All the bottles in the bar are empty, to which Londo says the metaphors are getting a bit thick. And that if I did not divorce her, that I would be dead to them, to the family title, position, money. I remember the look in her eyes when I told her. I died again that night. All of the bottles here are empty. The metaphor is getting a bit thick, don't you think? Sheridan says it doesn't matter that Londo is dying, as everybody is dying, and it's how they live. Every second in between now and then that matters. It is strange, isn't it? That you and I both know that we are dying. Warren gave you back your life, but you still have less than 20 years left. Well, we're all dying, Londo. 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, doesn't matter. What matters is what we do while we're waiting around, how we live out the seconds in between. Ah. Well, I have not done very well in that regard, have I? No, you haven't. As they walk through the Zocalo, Sheridan's clothes keep changing. Londo says he doesn't want to die, and Sheridan says, then turn around. People are not being very charitable around here. There's a time for charity and a time for truth. You're almost out of both. Sheridan, I... I don't want to die. Then turn around. No. Turn around. On the outside, his condition is deteriorating and his blood pressure has dropped. Franklin orders an injection which, which could kill him, but if they don't do it, he will be dead anyway. Inside Melari's head, he clutches his chest. Outside, his heart rate stabilises for now. Franklin says he will stay here through the night to see how things go, and Via turns up and asks, Is this a death watch? Inside Melari's head, he's upset and saying he doesn't want to die. I don't want to die. Please, great maker, I don't want to die. Not like this, please. Not like this. You're afraid. Yes. Then don't die. 
don't die. Uh, I don't think I have any choice in the matter, Veer. Londo asks what is wrong with him. What's wrong with you is you. Your heart can no longer bear the weight of your conscience. There's nothing wrong with my conscience. No? Then turn around. Why should I? Hm? I saw my death in a dream. I was an old man. How do I know I won't survive this? Perhaps this will pass and, and I will get better. The dream is prophecy. He tells him to turn around, and Londo says, why should I? You're out of time, Londo. Turn around. I can't. I don't know what he wants from me. Yes, you do. The thing that has eaten away at your heart until it could not endure the pain a moment longer. You must let go of this, or you will die here, alone, now. Perhaps. Perhaps that is for the best, then. No, not for the best. Why not? Because I will miss you. And I suppose that I would miss you. So he turns around. On the outside, Malari is going into shock, and Shikar comes into the room. Inside, he says, now, uh, now, Malari, we will end this. Inside his head, Malari and Shikara are talking, about, uh, talking in the Emperor's throne room. Malari says he doesn't want to be Emperor, and Shikara says he doesn't deserve to be Emperor. He reminds him what happened here last, last season with the attack on Narn, when he stood there looking outside the destruction that was happening to the planet, and he said nothing. Malari is then transported to the cell where Jakar was tortured, where he was whipped until he screamed, and Londo said nothing. Malari says one word would, would not have changed anything, but Jakar says he had an obligation to speak out, and the scene changes to Londo being whipped in the torture room. Jakar, playing the role of the Emperor, says he just wants to hear one word, and the whipping starts. Outside, Franklin is using the paddles to try and restart Londo's heart, as inside Malari's head, at 40 lashes, he screams out. On the outside, Malari's heart restarts. Inside his head, Shikar says that although Malari wants to feel good about himself, he still doesn't want to say sorry for what he did. He says he never apologised for anything in his life. Shikar says yes, he can see that. It's your life, Malari. Make of it what you will. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry! Outside, his condition stabilizes. Condition stabilizing. We're getting normal operation of the left heart. Good, good. That's it. Looking good. Looking good. He wakes. He sees Shikar and says sorry. I'm sorry. 
Shikar. I'm sorry. Malari is complaining about the hospital food. They call this food? Even a pet Malari would need this. Rondo, the doctor said that I you I know gonna... what the doctor said. It was my heart that betrayed me, not my ears. You are going to have to change your diet, Londo, and you're going to have to cut back on the stress. Yes, well, that doesn't seem very likely as long as I am still here, yes? And if I go home, there is even more stress. So, there you are. No, Via, the universe is an evil place. But at least it seems to have a sense of humor about the whole thing. Linnea is waiting to leave Babylon 5 for Mimbar. Of course, Dylan appears at the last minute. She says this is not goodbye, and he agrees and says he will return a better person. She wishes him to be well and good, and calls him a dear friend as he leaves. And you know what else we won't leave you with? This promo for another podcast, right here on the ESO Network. Good afternoon. May we be of assistance, sir? Yes, I'm looking for a podcast for someone who likes that 1960s headache music. Don't these podcasters have atrocious taste? Sir, may I recommend this podcast by Monkeying Around? I guarantee a migraine. I never heard of Monkeying Around. You never heard of Monkeying Around? He's, He's never, never heard, heard of, of Monkeying monkey around. around. What does Monkeying Around sound like? <laughs> I'll take it. He took it? He took it. Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. And the trivia. Oh, the trivia. This episode's title is taken from an, another episode, The Very Long Night of Susan Ivanova, which was never produced due to Claudia Christian's departure from the show. Despite the titles, this episode is not an adap adaptation of the, of the other, with Londo replacing Ivanova, but a different story entirely. After Londo Malari's shirt is pulled open in Medlab, the shirt is pulled closed twice. When discussing Malari's heart condition, Dr. Franklin says it's a bipulmonary, meaning the centauri have two hearts. But pulmonary refers to the lungs, not the heart. The term should be bicardiac. Hmm. Oops. Hmm. A defibrillator is used to restart Londo's arrested heart. As the name suggests, a defibrillator is used to stop a heart, stop a heart that is undergoing atrial fibrillation when the heart's muscle cells are no longer working together to produce a pumping action it cannot uh, restart a heart in cardiac arrest this is a common error in tv shows and movies mm, i did not know that in the scene where via appears in londo's dream a boom mic is clear on the right side then to the top as the camera rotates off the screen now normally i i pick them up i normally see boom mics quite quite quickly but i didn't see that one Londo says he has never apologized for anything in his life. This is not true. He apologized, under duress, to the Technomage, Elric, in the Geometry of Shadows, as well as to Mr. Garibaldi, sincerely, in uh, The Gathering. Hmm. Hmm. I thought there might have been some Londo apologizing yes. before. What I he, must have, he must have said it somewhere. Mm -hmm. at least, you know, even if he did something accidentally and said, oh, I'm sorry. You know, just a thing. Sure he did. Uh, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? No, sir, there is not. No, I didn't find any either. How bizarre. Okay, let's move on to our ratings. Uh, we rate these episodes out of five because we are watching Babylon 5. And IMDb, they rate theirs out of 10. They've given it a 7.8, which equates to a 3.9, which is spot on their average. Uh, so, Sean, 
what would you rate this show as? I still don't know. Um, <laughs> it's it's fine. It's it's got the the stupid dream trope, like Dan mentioned. Uh, Stephen first did a great job as Veer in this episode, mm-hmm. so mm. I think he's the standout performer here. Um, not too much good stuff to say about this. Not too much bad. Well, yeah, a lot of bad stuff. But uh, just like last week, I'll go three point two five. Okay, done. I was all over the place. Uh, I was going to come in at a three again, just like last week. As you said, Paul, last week felt like a very competent episode. It was by the numbers. We kind of see where it's going and then it ends. This goes back to that horrible trope with being in someone's head. And it really annoys me. I was going back through my notes and found that walkabout, the last one where they did this with um, Dr. Franklin, that got a 2.9. So I was going to probably going to go about 2.9, but then I sort of came back. And as you were sort of describing the episode again, Veer, all of Veer's moments, whether he was making us laugh or whether he had that lovely moment with Lanier and it was just a lovely shot of the two of them, something that's been going on, but I've always wanted more of throughout all of the seasons we've had so far of those two just having conversations at sort of pushed it up a bit. Now finding out that that shot was one continuous, I did wonder whether it sort of cut and then they started a new shot or whether it was one continuous shot. Now that I know it's continuous, that kind of bumps it up a little bit more. And Jakar, Andreas Katsoulis doing his, like he was actually sort of inhabiting the emperor. He wasn't being Jakar as the emperor. He was the emperor and talking in that way. He was almost mimicking that kind of style. Um, And I really enjoyed all of those moments where we didn't really know whether it's all the people talking to him out by his deathbed that's influencing his little daydream slash um, moment of peace or whether it really is this spiritual thing that they kind of allude to at the end where his spirit was um, in two places. So it kind of goes up again a little bit. So I'm going to actually go more than last week, 3.5. And I think I'm just going to stick there. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Dan. The, the funny bits with Veer and Linnea that they were good, Um, Mm. long overdue and we need more of it. Um, the the bits where when I was reading it, then I, I I'd forgotten just how much it bounces around. The scenes inside the head, the scenes outside the head, the scenes inside the head again, the scenes outside. The, yeah, you know, it has to be done that way to sort of like you, know, you can see that they're trying to start the heart there, and it's having an effect on the inside. And he he wants to apologize, but he doesn't. But then when he wakes up and he sees Shikar, he says sorry. Shikar has no context. Mm-hmm. What's he saying sorry for? He's just stood there to see if he's okay. He wakes up, he goes sorry. What for? <laughs> You've done so much wrong, you know, Malari. Which bit are you being sorry for? Um, so yeah, I think I mean even the the funny bits do, um, do raise it up slightly, and I do like the performances put in by all the characters, but all the actors, I should say. Uh, but it's not enough for me to put it any higher than what Sean has put in. Uh, so three point two five for me as well. Um, Bit of a disappointing one, but it's an average. It's average. It's okay. I think it works okay as a you know inside the head, outside the head thing, um, mm. in the context of the show and and you know what's going on. Uh, but it takes him too long to say sorry. He, he's still being stubborn. Two seconds before he changes his mind and turns around and says sorry. Uh, no, I'm not going to apologize. No apologize for anything. Uh, sorry. You know, it, it was make your mind up. You know, it, it's it's exactly. You know, he either comes to the realization quicker or it takes him longer and slowly but surely you can see him change to say sorry, but not, it was a bit quick. So yeah, that's what it is, 
then that's uh, that's where I'm going to put that. Okay, anything else you want to bring up, guys? No, in no, that sir. case, that is the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 3, The Paragon of Animals. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Now, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.